Today we're launching a new series that I've titled, Love Always Changes You. And in this series, I want to look at the power of experiences, that, that certain extraordinary experiences have power to change you for good. That's what we want to look at in this series. I want to help you discover how there are certain experiences that can transform us, even spiritually, and lead you toward, toward those kinds, kinds of experiences. I think we all know that experiences can shape us, experiences are memorable, that experiences sometimes become unforgettable, they bond us, they inspire us to do big things. But sometimes we can miss that God uses experiences to transform us and to change us. And normally when we think about the power of an experience, we think that it happens by chance, something that comes along randomly by accident, happenstance. And I want to say no, not necessarily. In this series, I want to invite you to discover how you can become a designer, a crafter of experiences, that we don't have to wait for them to happen by chance, that we can give ourselves to them. God puts them in front of us. We can choose to step into them or choose to avoid them. Educators, when they talk about experiences, now are seeing the power of it. It used to be that that all education leaned on what is known as formal education. Formal education would be a classroom with lectures, teachings, books. Keep reading books. I write books. But it would depend on quizzes and exams. That's formal education. But now educators are realizing the power of experiential learning that we learn almost best by doing through those kinds of experiences. In fact, some are saying that formal education is maybe the weakest form of learning because it's isolated and insulated from everyday life. And if we're honest as Christians, we've always relied heavily on formal education. We use sermons and pulpits and classes and curriculum and small groups with curriculum and memorization. Now it works. But my point in this series is that experiences, the the, the things we learn through the experiences of life and the experiences that we choose can be even more powerful than that. And so in this series, I want to look at how certain experiences can become spiritually transforming and point us toward become people who are for the common good, people who are for justice and making things right that are wrong in this world. And and I hope that you, as whether you're a leader or a parent or a teacher or a business owner, that you can discover ways how you can lead others through experiences that change them. When I talk about experiences, I think there are certain elements of experiences that make them not just unforgettable, but make them powerful enough to change us. And I want to begin this series by looking at this word, and we're going to take one word each time in, in each of these podcasts. And, and in this first, first one, I want to talk about the word move. How so often, especially when you read the Bible, God uses experiences that get us moving, going, leaving to change us and to shape us. For example, it starts with Adam and Eve. He has them leave the garden. And then we have, we have uh, 
Abraham, and he says, I want you to go and to move to, to this new land. And then we have Joseph, who he sends to Egypt, and then he tells Moses, get out of Egypt and go somewhere else. And then to Joshua, he says, get out of the desert and go into this land that I've promised to you. We have Jonah, who he says, go to Nineveh, and Jonah ends up going the wrong way, getting in trouble there. When you look at the New Testament, there's people like Paul, who he says, go, move, go. Go to the Macedonians or to to Peter. He says, go to the Romans. So my point is in the experiences that God offers us that usually become life-changing experiences, they often, if not almost always, start with move. And so we're going to start with this idea of move today. Our our text will be Genesis chapter 12. But before we get to it, I just simply want to remind you of the, the power of the word move. I think... Any experience that gets us moving, gets us leaving, gets us going somewhere new, it does this. It changes our worldview. It's hard for our worldview to change when we're stuck in one place, when we're in the same place doing the same thing. A few years ago, my youngest son was finishing high school and he had a, he had a, a film class and, and he was asked to watch the film the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And if you know much about the movie, if you've seen it, you know that Walter Mitty, who's played by Ben Stiller, he's stuck in the basement of a New York City high-rise. And he's in this windowless basement editing film. And then, and he never seems to get out and see the world at all. But then he needs to find this one film negative. And so he has to leave the basement. And he ends up jumping out of a helicopter into the North Sea. He ends up skateboarding uh, to escape a volcano in Greenland. He has to climb a mountain where he finds Sean Penn. Does it get any better than that? But my point is, all of these experiences are set in motion because he has to move. He has to leave the basement. He has to get out. So after watching the film, the, the teacher to ask every student in the class to put together a box, like a treasure box with items from the film they'd chosen to study and, and fill it with things that, that reminded them of the film. And so my son William put in things like the wallet that was talked about, shown so much in, in the film, a film negative. And then he puts in some of his favorite lines and he puts these lines. He writes them down and he puts them in the box. This is from Walter Mitty. It reads like this. To see the world, things dangerous to come to, to see behind walls, draw closer, to find each other, and to feel that those are the purpose of life. Do you see how good that is? So I watched William later try to tell his brothers about the film, try to tell his friends about the film, and they, they never seemed interested at all. Why? Because they had never experienced it. You see, when you sit through a film and you experience the cinematography, it moves you. The music score pounding in your chest becomes unforgettable. The tension rises and your heart starts to beat faster. You, if you feel the emotions of, of the characters being drawn up and down with them. The experience of seeing the film makes it unforgettable for him. Maybe even changes him. Maybe even changes you. I think all of life is like that. 
the experiences that we choose ourselves to, to go into, to step into, that God offers to us. They have the ability to change us, mold us, even shape us, transform us spiritually, make us new kinds of people, make, make us care about things that we never cared about before. I have a, another son who had a Spanish class at Point Loma Nazarene in, in San Diego. And, of course, he had to take Spanish to graduate, so he signed up for Spanish but his teacher did something fascinating. She said, we're not going to meet in a classroom on the Point Loma campus. She said, every class period will be spent in this neighborhood in San Diego where it seemed like everyone there had been a native Spanish speaker. So their class period would involve things like ordering burritos and having conversations with the people who work there or going to a worship service in that neighborhood. It became an experience that wasn't just unforgettable, but it became a bit life-changing. Do you see, if you sit in a classroom, you can learn some things, but when you step out and you actually experience it, it starts to change you. I, I take, for example, college. I just mentioned Point Loma, but I think anyone who's been to college, you realize, yes, the things you learn in class are important. The lectures that you hear, you hopefully remember some of them. The textbooks you read, those are critical. But I think the most unforgettable, the most life-shaping part of college is the experience of it. Sharing a dorm with all kinds of new friends who become lifelong friends. Going out for late night tacos. Studying at Denny's for exams till like 3 a.m. Drink, drinking cheap coffee. Playing an inter, intramural sport together. Going on a road trip with friends from college. All of those experiences come together to change us and to shape us. I think God offers us those kinds of experiences all the time. It's just that we choose to ignore them or think it's not the right time. And I want to say this. Keep your eyes open. Live with your eyes wide open to the experiences that God wants to show you because there are certain extraordinary experiences that have the power to change you for good. So like I said in this first episode of... Love always changes you. I want to talk about this idea of move, this word move, and how when we leave and move, how God asks us to, it starts to change our worldview and it starts to change us. I think God uses us best when we're moving because if we're sitting stale and stagnant in the same place, it's very hard for him to use us. It's very hard for him to show us any kind of experience that is new and has a possibility of transforming us. It's when we leave our places of comfort. The experiences just on the other side of our comfort zone is where the most life change is possible. In this series, I want to make our way through scripture and show you how Character after character in the Bible, their lives are transformed because of the experiences that God takes them through. I want to start in the Torah. Okay, we're going to start there today, Genesis chapter 12. And then we're going to make our way to the historical books, the wisdom books, the, the prophetic books, the gospels, and then end with the letters. But we're, I want to walk all the way through and take these different elements of an experience that make them not just unforgettable and meaningful, but make them life-changing for us. And so we start with move. When you read the Bible, so you open the Bible up and you start on page one. 
it seems like God is the first screenwriter in history because it reads like, like the script of a movie. Life is tranquil. Life is serene. It, almost too perfect. You have this young couple living in a garden with everything they could possibly need. And then God sends along an interrupting event. There's this inciting incident that involves an apple and a, sta- a snake. And everything starts to spiral. Everything goes south quick. But all epic stories seem to start that way, don't they? They all start with life is normal. Life is okay. Life is serene. And then something comes along and changes everything. It seems like life is, life is falling apart. But that's when we're open to moving and he tells him to leave and everything starts the whole human history hinges on Adam and Eve leaving the garden and then start things start to change I don't think God likes it or can use us so much when we're stuck and stagnant and 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 immobile but God always has this way of sending things along in our lives that interrupt the stasis Make us move. For example, when you read the Bible, he sends a flood or he uses a giant or there's a war or a plague or an empire. And then he makes people move. I want to read from Genesis 12. And and here's what we read in verse 2. And this is God speaking to Abraham, right? He's the, he's, He's the first one after Adam and Eve that he says, now I need you to get out and moving. He says this, leave your country, leave your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And then we read this. So Abraham left just as God had asked him to. When you keep reading the Bible all the way to the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, we read this funny line. We read that Abraham left even though he did not know where he was going. So he simply agrees to move. Do you see why I say the best things in life, the best experiences can happen. Don't start until you agree to move, until you agree to leave your place of comfort or security, until you agree to cross that line of what is safe and what is known to the unknown. And then there are those experiences that God can use to change you for good, to transform your soul in brand new ways. That's why I say certain experiences have power to change us for good. Moving, leaving, going has always been the story of my life since I was a little kid. When I was six years old, my father was the pastor of a Presbyterian church in Picayune, Mississippi. The word Picayune means very small. And it was a small rural town in Mississippi. And life was pleasant. I'll I'll use that word. Life was serene. It it was almost catatonic. We lived in this brand new mid-century modern house, split level on a street that was in a cul-de-sac up against a forest of pine trees that we built that we built tree houses in. My sister had a horse named Sir Isaac that lived in the backyard. And the Presbyterian church that my father pastored had little white uh, post out front and a steeple on top. And it seemed 
like life couldn't be any better. Our summers were spent in San Jose, California. My father was from San Jose. My, so our summers were spent there. We, we would all load into our Buick Skylark station wagon and drive west because my grandmother lived on this beautiful street with on a, like an acre lot with a big giant swimming pool in her backyard that had a diving board, big pine trees and petunias that smelled amazing and roses everywhere. That was our summers. I think it was a kind of life that we lived when I was six, like every American kid would want to live. But then something happened. I think my mother and my father, Jack and Nell Chinchin, got tired of life being so perfect. And I think they kind of realized that unless you're moving and leaving and going, God has a hard time, hard time using your life. And so my father holds his first ever at that church, his first ever missions conference. He says in his career at, at that age, he was like 40 years old. He hadn't, he hadn't held a missions conference yet. And so he holds his first missions conference. And every night, the thing went all week long. Every night, he gave an invitation for people to come walk up front and say, I will be the first missionary to leave this church. But we're in Picayune, Mississippi. And people who lived in this small rural Mississippi town, they didn't go anywhere. They didn't hardly leave town for anything. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, nobody's coming forward. On Friday, though, my parents had talked. And they had this conversation. They said, how can we ask other people to do what we ourselves are not willing to do? And so my father gives an invitation again the last night of their first mission conference. And then he tells our family, walk up front with me. And so we walked up to his own invitation. We were the only ones that went forward. And my parents that night promised to become missionaries of all places to Africa. So less than six months later in New York, we're in New York City getting on a jumbo jet, leaving for Liberia, leaving to live in the world's thickest rainforest. And then a single-engine prop plane drops us down in the Sino rainforest where we lived among the Sino, the, the Sapo people in a bamboo madhouse. So that's my point. And then life, everything starts to change from there. And when I mentioned getting on a plane and flying, if you've ever gotten on a plane, you realize this. When you get up and you leave, especially to fly out of our country, and one day soon we'll all be flying again all over the place. But when you do, doesn't it seem like all of your troubles and your worries start to shrink? You ever look down when you're flying at 35,000 feet at the cars down below? They look like ants. And I think our troubles and our worries get about that big. They shrink. And all of a sudden, our worldview starts to change. And then you land in another country. Maybe it's Monrovia, Liberia, where we landed. Or, or maybe it's Costa Rica. Or maybe it's Bangkok, Thailand. I don't know. But when you land there, the food is new. Food you've never eaten. People you've never... You can't even understand. People you've never met before. Try to have conversations with and your worldview changes. Do you see why I say that moving, experiences that get us going, leaving, they change our worldview? I think that's a life change essential. That's an essential part of experiences that, that changes for good. When God asks us to move and to go, rather than jumping on the next plane, do you know what I think our response usually is? It's normally, 
hang on, God. Can you wait a little bit? Maybe when the kids are finished with school. Or God, let me finish the degree first. Or God, let me pay off a few more bills or save up a little bit more money. Or God, maybe when it's safe over there. I hear it's not so safe. I hear there's, there's green mambas and black cobras or there's diseases that I might catch. Or there's, there's trouble, there's riots, and maybe I shouldn't be there right now. We always start with weight or we always start with prerequisites. God, though, he always starts with move. Get going. Leave. Just like he says to Abraham. Abraham, I need you to move. I need you to get going. And Abraham leaves, even though he doesn't know where he's going. But that's when the experiences that God has waiting for us can really start to change us. I think we can give him a hundred reasons why we can't move, why we can't go. But put those aside. It's time to go. I think moving, going, leaving experiences, like I said, they have this way of changing us when we step out of our comfort zone. I think there's a lot of people that can go through this life, even Christians, even pe- nice, good people who go to church, who never experience the life-changing things that God has waiting for us because we remain stagnant and stuck in one place. But God wants to break that stasis. He wants you to step into something new because we can spend a lifetime shopping in the same place, going to the same gym, spending time with the same friends, listening to the same podcast. But until you start to move, it's hard for God to change us. I was at a national pastor's conference a while ago And the guy gets up to speak, and he's a pastor as well. And he's talking about how he had decided to shrink his world. And and his goal had been, he said, over the last five years, to shrink his world to a five-mile radius, to where everything he did in life, he could do within five miles. Go to the dentist, work out, go shopping, get groceries, lead his church. Everything was in a five-mile radius. He said he thought God could use him better in just five miles. He said his goal now, as he was finishing his talk to shrink his world to a one-mile radius. And then somehow he found a publisher to print the novel idea. I want to say, no, that seems so antithetical to Scripture. If you stay in the same place, stuck in the same routine, how can God ever give you a life-changing experience? So as we start this series, this series on how certain extraordinary experiences have, have power to change you for good, you have to be willing to move. When I was a college pastor in, in Wheaton, the Wheaton students, after four years of living in Wheaton, you have to, and you have to realize this town is like the perfect American suburban semi-rural town, okay? It has a it has a train track. It, it had, everything was banned that was bad for you. Like bars were banned. Even video arcades were banned. Skateboarding was banned. All of that was banned. And it seemed like everyone in town, because of all the Christian publishers and all the churches in town and all the, the Christian mission organizations it's, and a Christian college, it seemed like everyone was a Christian. So the Wheaton students started to call it the Wheaton bubble. And they say, we can't wait to get out of the Wheaton bubble because they realize that if you stay in this bubble, it's hard for God to use your life, let alone change you for the common good. And so that's why I say moving is a life-changing, experiential essential. 
You've got to be willing to leave. You've got to be willing to do something new. So as we close today, I want to invite you to just reflect on this experience that God has with Abraham. And I want you to examine your own life and be honest. That, that have you been saying no to the opportunities, to the open doors that God has been saying, giving you? Are there experiences, new things that God wants you to step into that can be life-changing? You don't know the outcome yet, but maybe that's okay. Because when you leave, when you move, you go on this adventure to God and you open yourself up to all kinds of, of opportunities for him to change you. The opportunities are limitless. And then you'll learn you have to trust God more than ever before. So in this series, love always changes you. There's this underlying value that I hope sticks with you, not just today, but, but maybe for life, but especially all the way through this series, that when you give your life away to change this world for good and for Christ, then God also has this great way of changing you.